You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, everybody. This is Tom here with the Quackback Block Show. Uh, I got a special guest with me tonight. This is Shane Roberts from the uh, Addicted to Quack sister site, Block U, for the University of Utah Utes. Uh, how's it going tonight? It's going great, Tom. Looking forward to Friday. Yeah, looking forward to Friday. Not only is it the last day of the week, it is also game day, the Pac 12 Championship game so the first thing i gotta ask you the question that happens to be on everybody's mind right now um twizzlers or red vines oh oh man um no i was a twizzlers kid growing up all right so this big game that we got coming up uh for the longest time it was going to be oregon was gonna have a good game but come out on top over whoever came out of the pac-12 south but the narrative has kind of turned in the last week or so. Do Utah fans still feel like uh, like they're playing spoiler to Oregon season, or do they feel like they actually have uh, the upper hand here? Well, I I think um, and I don't think this has changed really throughout the year. Um, I feel like Utah fans obviously this could kind of sway depending on who you're talking to, but um, I think. I'll, a lot of us have kind of felt that Utah's the best team in the conference and they've been the best team in the conference for a while. Um, the most complete team. Let me kind of rephrase that a little bit. The most complete team. And I think that's kind of eventually kind of bared itself out, obviously with the college football playoff rankings that came out tonight. Um, you know, Utah moved up to number five. Um, now Oregon's still a great team. I mean, I, I don't think any, any Utah fan would say that, you know, Utah's hands down far and away the best team in the, in the league, but pretty much we've all kind of seen now, I don't want to say we've been predicting an 11-1 season, but we've kind of seen this coming a little bit with the senior class that Utah's been uh, building uh, coming into this year. Uh, the way things kind of ended last year, it just um, everything just seemed like it was kind of, it was going to culminate with a run. And with the returning starters on defense, with the returning starting senior quarterback, with the best running back in the Pac-12, if not the country, uh, I just felt like everything was setting up for the Utes to to not only win the South, but to win the Pac-12, just based off of all the returning pieces that they had coming into the season. Um, so would you say that the outlook right now is that this is uh, Utah's peak team, at least for next couple of years or how do they feel like the the depth is and their ability to reload? Well, I, I'd say without a doubt, it, it's the peak team. It, this is arguably the best team in Utah football history at this point. Um, obviously there's still at least a couple more games to be played that will really determine where they fit in history. But um, yeah, this is the peak when you have as much experience on the field as the Utes do. Um, I mean, I think almost every single starter on the defensive side of the ball will at minimum get an NFL opportunity with probably five or six being drafted. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we have the best running back in Utah football history, or at least one of one of the most um, consistent quarterbacks in Utah football history. It, it just kind of, it all kind of culminates and all, like, all kind of adds up. Now I, I would expect Utah to be able to reload pretty quick. Now, are we talking a CFP quality team next year, or the year after? Probably not, but I, I would say with what um, the staff has done recruiting wise, I think it'd be fair to expect them pushing for a Pac-12 South championship almost every year and competing for at least a Rose Bowl berth, if not every year, every two or three years, um, just based off of how the, how the staff recruits and develops. Um, are they going to be, you know, the Clemson, uh, Clemson level or anything like that? No, absolutely not. But um, I, I think going from 11 wins to maybe, eight or nine wins next year or something thereabouts. Obviously we'll just have to kind of see what happens come spring ball, but I I don't think um, we should see a dramatic drop off in terms of year over year talent. Um, It just might be the experience that plays out year over year. So um, aside from Zach Moss being the most prolific running back in the PAC 12 this year, Utah's defense has kind of stolen the show. Do you, do you believe that in, in this day and age is the defense that wins championships? Well, minimum, it's defense that keeps you in games. Um, and I think that's what we've seen over the years with Utah football. Uh, specifically, you see, what is this year? Nine of the Pac-12, I believe. Um, the first seven years of the league, Utah very rarely got blown out outside of, you know, there's an exception here or there. Um, even in the years that they struggled at five and seven, they were within a possession or so of almost every single game. And that's because of the defense. The defense kept them in every single game. Pretty much every fan um, or media member up in Salt Lake, we, we've been saying forever that, you know, Utah's had a championship quality defense for decades, but can they get the offense to match? And this year, and even for a long stretch of last year when, you know, Utah won the South last year, they, they finally have a championship level de- uh, offense to go along with it. Now, the defense this year just happens to be arguably the best Utah's ever had. Um, it's just kind of one of those things to kind of, you know, they had three or four guys that decided to come back for their senior years to go to the NFL. Um, they're loaded at all three levels, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. It's actually, I think it was John Wilner that did a piece probably about two weeks ago saying that this is one of the best defenses in Pac-12 history, um, putting it up there with some, some pretty remarkable ones, just with the amount of their giving up about 11 points per game. Um, Teams are averaging like 56 yards per game rushing on them. Um, So it's a very special unit. I think you have to have a a defense to win a championship. I think Oklahoma has proven that over the last, you know, the last two appearances they've had um, in the college football playoffs. So you have to have a defense to win the championship, but you also have to have offense that could complement it as well. So if you were to choose one of having your, uh, your whole defensive line come down with the flu or Zach Moss to get a freak injury in practice right before a big game? Which one would you rather? The Zach Moss thing happened last year. Uh, that exact scenario happened last year, actually, before the Oregon game, where he he had a torn meniscus, but it, it was basically it happened when he was getting out of bed. Um, and then I remember <laughs> I was at a basketball game, and I, I got a pressure. I know Twitter went crazy with speculation that Zach was out. And sure enough, we both we lost both Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley the same weekend. Essentially, um, Utah's now now Zach Moss is an absolute stud, um, but Utah has 
Well, they have depth, uh, both running back and defensive <clears throat> line, uh, without a doubt. I think for a singular game, I think they could absorb the loss of Zach Moss in a singular game, which they did against the Washington State, not that Washington State's a world beater. Uh, but they got some nice depth behind him. They like to give them uh, some rest, and that's what's kind of kept them healthy this year. They've got probably three guys behind them that they can split up reps between, and obviously you're not going to replace Zach Moss, but you can kind of absorb that a little bit, whereas with the front four, the Detail's defensive line, they go about eight deep there as well, eight or nine deep. Um, but the, the first four, are they're scary. Um, they're, they're mean dudes. So if they were going to lose all four of those guys, obviously your depth gets hit, your front line gets hit quite a bit. Um, so if I had to choose between the two, I'd say probably a freak injury to Zach Moss. Now, are you, are you personally based in Utah? Yes. So what is your favorite national park in Utah? Oh, man. Um, I would say probably Arches. Um, it's on all the license plates down here. It's kind of iconic for Utah. And it's one of those things where you just, you'll drive through the national parks, any of the national parks, really. Um, but Arches is just kind of smack dab in the middle of almost everything. And there's just, it's, it's just, you'll hike around the arches and you'll get up next to them. And they're, they're just kind of a sight to behold as is you know, Canyonlands, as is Bryce. They're, they're all pretty incredible. So right now, Utah is number five in the CFP poll. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, for the last five years, the team who's ranked number five makes it into the top four. If Utah does happen to make it into the top four, which team would you most want to play in that opening round of the CFP? If this was a year ago and if Urban Meyer was still at Ohio State, I would definitely say Ohio State because obviously Urban really launched his career here at Utah. God, that's that's a tough question. I haven't really thought of it that way. Um, we're just kind of so laser focused. Or at least, obviously, there's a lot of chatter around here about, you know, will Utah go to the CFP um, if they win this game? But I, I'd say a lot of us are so focused on this game um, that it's hard to kind of get too far over our skis. I would say probably, you, you know, I would probably want to face up with LSU. Um, I'd like to see kind of obviously everybody talks about the SEC and the dominance of the SEC and i I thought the SEC has been overrated for, well, forever. Um, no, it's not saying the LSU's not a great team. They are, but I think they're a little overrated on defense. I think Utah could, could exploit them. And I also would like to see Joe Burrow and the LSU offense against this Utah defense and really get after them. And I'd love to see it. You know, I was, I was texting with some family members tonight, um, and I, I would say it'd be, it'd be awesome if Utah could kind of sneak up to that three seed somehow. Not that it would happen, but I think it'd be cool because that's in the Fiesta Bowl, and, you know, that's a hop, a skip, and jump from us, really. Um, and obviously our first BCS-busting season was the Fiesta Bowl, so there would be some poetry to kind of break in the college football playoffs in the same game, and there would be just, just full of Utah fans down there. Um, but I would say I'd like to see LSU. I, I just want it. I, I, I love shutting SEC people up. Well, it's improbable, but not impossible. I believe there's some some magic that, that Bronco has, Bronco Mendenhall, to uh, <laughs> to kind of give Dabo a run for his money. And, and it, the ultimate irony is for the BYU fans here in the state, if Bronco Mendenhall helped out Utah, this place would melt down. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I highly underrated the Utah-BYU rivalry until I watched the game this year, and that was... That's that's right up there. That's probably one of the most 
underappreciated rivalries is the Utah BYU rivalry. Um, and that was, game was actually pretty tame too, because everybody kind of knew what the outcome of that game was going to be um, going into the game. Um, so it was actually pretty tame. Years past, when the especially at the end of the Mountain West Conference days, when two teams were on more of an even playing field, it was downright nasty. And, and uh, like you'd walk into the stadium, and it, it would just you could just feel hate as you walked in there. Now it's it's kind of apathetic, where Utah's won nine straight. And BYU fans are just praying that they can get one within the next decade. <laughs> uh, literally and figuratively, I imagine. Yeah, very much so. Do you have any any thoughts on on the Chris Peterson sudden exit? Shock. Um, I was sitting at my desk and I was just scrolling through Twitter and uh, the, the news hit, and it was just shock. Obviously, as as I've read some. Some news that has come out about it. I, I guess there was some writing on the wall, and it sounds like this was kind of planned and premeditated. And it, so it sounds like from the Seattle side of things, this was kind of according to plan. How it might have happened a little bit sooner than maybe they were thinking initially. But I'm really curious to how this impacts Washington uh, going forward. Because I mean, Chris Peterson is—he's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, I mean, you put him up there with obviously our guy, our guy Kyle Whittingham, Nick Saban. Dallas Sweeney, you, you put him up there in, in kind of the pantheon of head coaches. Um, so how does how does Washington do they keep it rolling? Um, because I'm kind of a skeptic because I I just think I think so highly of Peterson. Um, I think that kind of puts the North up for grabs quite a bit more in the future, um, especially with the recruiting that's going on in Oregon right now. Um, you know, Washington State's just kind of always going to be kind of a flashy show, but I think, you know, they'll probably eventually dissolve every single year like they do anyways. Cal's going to be intriguing. I really like Justin Wilcox quite a bit. I kind of see them as a proto-Utah. Um, as soon as they get the offense figured out, then they'll they'll be pretty, pretty scary. But uh, I think the Chris Peterson news pretty much cements Oregon's place at the top of the Pac-12 North. We'll see how we'll have to see how Stanford rebounds after this really bad year. Um, which kind of funny is we all thought we were, you know, dodging a bullet by missing Stanford and Oregon this year. Um, whereas reality is, we, if we played Stanford, we probably hadn't. Well, either way, we won eleven games, so we can't be too too upset with that. But still, it's just amazing. Stanford's drop, but so we'll have to see how they kind of rebound. And but overall, we'd have to say. It, it's Oregon's show up up north until Jimmy Lake shows otherwise, which I'm like I said, I'm kind of skeptical. Yeah, well, he was getting a lot of hype for the uh, the top coordinator in the conference, at least. I I don't yeah. feel like feel like the the drop off is is too severe, but it's definitely uh, not going to go unfelt. Well, I, 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 but the, and I know there was rumors about him being offered the. Uh, coordinator job at Alabama and potentially the head coaching job at Colorado, but he's replacing Chris Peterson. I mean, those are giant shoes to fill. Being a coordinator is one thing. I, I We see high-level coordinators take head coaching jobs all the time, and I'd be curious what the success rate is. Obviously, the success rate in some instances is going to be really high. In other areas, it's just guys are meant to be coordinators. So un, until he proves it, until I see it consistently, um, I'll, I'll just be skeptical uh, in terms of it. Are they going to go back to the Washington of 10 years ago? No, they're not. But are they going to be a college football playoff contender, a Rose Bowl contender a year in and year out? 
we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I, I, I'm just kind of skeptical of it. No one wants to be Drew Carey replacing Bob Barker. <laughs> so everybody knows here that nobody on the Oregon coaching staff listens to this podcast. So I'm going to ask you, how does Oregon beat Utah? Have to get in the backfield. Um, the, the one place that Utah can be susceptible at times is with the offensive line. They're, they, they're pretty streaky. Um, so you have to get back there, disrupt um, Tyler Huntley. Um, and you also have to um, obviously stop Zach Moss and stop the running game. Utah's the number one rushing team in the conference. Uh, 200 and well, I think almost 250 yards a game. Um, that might be a little high, but they're still no, they're number one in the, in the conference. Um, so you got to stop that. Um, make them one-dimensional. And then probably have to hit on some big plays. Just nobody's going to be able to sustain drives against this Utah defense. You might get one here, one there. Um, but you're not going to sustain it throughout four quarters of a game. Um, so you then like that's kind of that's how USC beat Utah. Uh, they only had they had I think less than 400 yards total offense, but they had just three giant plays that just swung the momentum of the game, and probably um, probably win the turnover battle. Um, obviously, that's turnovers is just one of those things that can be kind of random. But the thing is, is especially after the USC loss, I kind of said that this version of the Utah of Utah is very Stanford-like. The way they play, and at least the way they've played over the last, well, really all season, is they will just slowly squeeze you to death. Um, they, they minimize possessions. Um, they control the ball. They're, I think they're a top 10 um, team in terms of time of possession. Um, Coach Whittingham has been throwing out a stat for quite a long time um, that the Utah's defense has actually played like snaps wise, number of plays wise, like one or two games less than almost every other team in the country. It's because the offense is on the field for so long. Um, they just grind and grind and grind. They had a drive against Colorado last week that went only 50 yards, but it took seven minutes off the clock. Um, and they scored a touchdown off of it. So you, you really have to try to minimize scenarios like that for Utah. Um, they don't go three and out very often. That's actually pretty rare. Uh, I'd be kind of curious of how well Utah plays from behind. They w- haven't really had to do it this year, really at all. So stop the run, disrupt Tyler Huntley, um, and then hit on some big plays. Um, because this defense, and Oregon's got a very good defense too. So this is going to be kind of a slugfest, especially if it's going to be rainy and gross. Um, it's going to be kind of sloppy. Um, but Utah's defenses, they hunt kind of as a pack. And um, it's a very fun unit to watch because they they're all over the field. They'll hit you in the face. Um, and then once they smell blood in the water, um, as they have in the eight conference wins that Utah has, once they smell blood, they're, they're going to come and they're going to come hard and fast. Um, so you kind of have to mitigate that and try to beat them over the top. So you have a final score for this game for me? The, the kind of the, the thing that kind of feels closest in my gut is something like twenty-seven, twenty-one Utah. I, I kind of feel like, you know, for the longest time, Utah was the only team in the South that never went to a conference championship game. They got that monkey off their back last year, and then I just remember it was actually after Oregon beat Arizona State. Um, 
Um, and actually, Oregon beating USC this year. So Oregon's actually kind of like our second team right now because they keep helping Utah get into the conference championship game. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So I had last year, uh, um, it was just kind of like they got the monkey off their back and kind of, and I, I don't, obviously, I don't think the coaching staff or the team would say this or even think this necessarily, but it's kind of like, okay, we're just happy to be there because we finally got there. And then to lose the way that we lost was kind of, it, it left a pretty sour taste in everybody's mouth um, because Utah was down starting quarterbacks, starting running backs, starting wide receiver, a um, couple of dudes on defense. It, they were kind of a mass unit in the conference championship game and they lost by a touchdown. So we were a touchdown away from a Rose Bowl. I'm on a fluke touchdown too on a um, tipped pass that the wide receiver kicked up into the air and or and Washington run it back for a touchdown. Well, this year it's kind of um, at, the senior class has really said you know it's really an, an unfinished business type of thing. It's very they're not just happy to be there this time. The, they they want to finish the deal, and, and the task is definitely monumental. Um, nobody is going to take Oregon lightly in any way because you know the Ducks are very talented. You know, Justin Herbert, he's a, he's a, he's a stud. Um, he's very streaky though. Um, from what I've observed from him, um, defense has got some dudes, offensive line's got some dudes, especially dude that, you know, is from down the road here, um, Penny Sewell, um, that's a local kid. Um, so th- this team has, especially after the USC loss, it was just kind of that locked them in and that, since losing to USC, I think the average margin of victory has been 29 points over everybody else in the conference. Uh, only Washington got to within two scores, and that was actually a two-score game until a minute left when Washington got a kind of a garbage touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so this team's locked in, and they're focused, um, and they're hungry. Anything can happen on any given Friday, obviously, in, in, in this instance. <laughs> Oregon is more than capable of winning this game, without a doubt. But I just kind of feel like that this team doesn't let this one go by, um, and they they win kind of that close, hard fought, just drag out, physical, nasty game. And if it's rainy, it's you know not if Utah does win, maybe that hurts Utah's college football playoff you know hopes because it's a sloggy game in the rain. Um, but I I feel like it's a low scoring, physical, nasty game that Utah wins by six or seven points well shane uh thanks for joining me tonight uh tell everybody where they can find you social media and otherwise yeah so you can you can catch us over on blockyou.com um obviously as you alluded to earlier your guys' sister site on sp nation twitter just at block you we kind of have a group of us that kind of tag team that throughout the week and um really throughout throughout the game as well so uh, it'll be me and couple guys that kind of man that and we'll have some of our game prep stuff up there probably starting tonight um which obviously tonight's tuesday night um so college football playoff poll reaction um but yeah just over at blockyou.com all right thank you so much for joining me tonight and uh um whatever happens uh we'll be rooting you on uh in your bowl game absolutely go ducks after that (laughs) 